Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Direct Design Podcast. I'm not sure if everyone knows, but I have been working on a new online um, course around uh, design systems. So uh, the course will basically cover everything you need to know to start and build and then scale your own design system. Um, in that vein, I wanted to talk a little bit about a design system topic today. Um, something that I see often that bugs me, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about it as a best practice. And um, what that is, is uh, actually naming conventions around different components and different elements of your design system. Now, this might not seem like a very exciting or sexy topic, but um, when you're actually scaling your system and you know perhaps you've gone from just the design phase and you're working with developers now, naming conventions become super important pretty fast. If you want your designs to be implemented accurately by your development team, then you need to uh, design not just the way components look, but how they are documented and labeled in a way that's easy to understand for um, everyone who will be uh, consuming the, the designs and the documentation. So anyhow, this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about naming conventions and best practices that you can follow to make it clear. One of the biggest problems out there that I see, and you know, this is really the, the crux of this, this problem, is that people name things too specifically. Um, when you're creating a design system, you want to design or name things sorry, very generically, using labels that can be reused across different components, and they aren't unique to just a single component. Uh, one easy example of how this works is how you name your colors. So as a designer, I'm sure we all want to name our colors like Crayola crayon color names. Uh, you might have winter mist for a gray or you might have, um, you know, silver fox for like your medium gray and then like onyx black for your black. This might sound great and, uh, you know, fulfill some of your, you know, designer um, needs, but this does not work well in a design system. You need to think of, especially your grays, you need to think of them uh, more of a system of how um, a developer can easily be like, okay, that's the light gray versus the medium gray versus the dark gray uh, versus black. And uh, the same could be held true for you know other colors as well. If you have multiple variations of, say, red or multiple variations of blue, you need to come up with a system for a way to name them that are very clear. So what I find works best, so there's a couple ways you can do this. If you find yourself with a smaller color palette, for example, I'm just continuing with this color example, say you only have maybe three different grays, a black, maybe white, and then maybe one accent color, then you can, you can be a little looser with your naming. Um, you could do something like uh, white, light gray, medium gray, dark gray, black and then whatever your accent color name is, you should actually call it primary color or accent color. Don't call it red if it's your primary color that you use everywhere for like the majority of your components. Don't call it red. Call it primary color so that when the developer is actually creating something, they can be like, oh, okay, well, there's red and there's orange. Shoot, which one should I use? Oh, this one's called primary? That's probably the one they want. So I'll use the primary one because this is a button. So with very small color palettes, you can follow a system like that. I think, though, with most design systems, you're likely going to have a more elaborate color palette. That's kind of, you know, part of the reason to have a design system is you think out all the different possibilities and everything is hopefully there for someone to use. So uh, what I, I've done with the design system that we use um, 
at Stellar Labs, where I work, is that uh, for we probably have, I think, 10 different shades of gray, which is actually a, probably a few too many, and we should probably reduce that a little bit. But anyhow, we um, use a number scale. We have white, which is zero. Then our lightest gray is uh, would be gray 10. And then our next lightest would be gray 20, gray 30, gray 40, gray 50, etc. And then black is 100. Uh, that way, it's really easy to see a sliding scale up and down. Like if I'm in gray... Uh, 40, and I'm telling the designer, well, I'll make it a bit darker. They know to go to gray 50 or make it the shade lighter, go down to gray 30. Now, this also maps really nicely to CSS variables. So your development team is likely using SAS to code up all their CSS so they can have the additional functionality that it brings. And part of one of the big things that um, SAS provides is, is variables for um, however you want to use them, and colors are really commonly used um, for variable naming when you're doing your CSS. So you can then name those variables to match the number scale, so 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And any new developer that then comes into the company later can easily figure out that system. It's like, okay, you know, 10 is a lighter one, 50 is midi- middle, 90 is darker, and if I want to be a little bit lighter, it can be 80 kind of thing, right? Where if you've named things like like the names I was saying before, like silver mist and chrome gray or, uh, you know, cloud gray, these different colors, those mean nothing to anyone. Those might not even mean anything to another designer on your team. If you have a new designer on your team, that might not mean anything to them. Going for a more generic kind of numbered scale approach will allow for a larger team to understand what's going on. And will also, it'll end up that, like I was talking about variables, right, that you'll have a more consistent implementation of the colors in the right way. So if you can have a good color palette and everything is done through variables, then those variables are then applied to the different components in your system. So say your buttons, your tables, and whatnot. There's less chance that you're going to have an outlier color or colors that sneak into um, your, your palette on the coded side where like you know sometimes you might have defined all your colors and somehow you decided not to use just like pure black, but somehow pure black is slipping into um, the actual app somehow if you go and inspect certain components. Commonly, like that'll happen because a developer is not sure about what the black value is. So they just fall back to the most common web black value. If you have this all predefined though through variables that are easily labeled and easy to understand, then you know, you're going to have way less chance of this kind of stuff slipping into your your app and your design. And then it's going to be less headache, less uh, QA for you to go through and look at things. Name these things in a logical order. Name them in a boring order that's bland and easy to understand because that is the goal here. The goal is not to like come up with the most creative name for gray that you can come up with. So that's one example using color because it's a good one. But you should also consider this with any component you use. I like to get into the pattern of using um, language like primary versus secondary. And you could, you know, generally two versions of most things is enough. And then you can get into like for additional statuses, like say you're talking about status bars. So you might have a primary status bar. Maybe it is, maybe the background of your app is white. So your primary status bar is uh, gray 50. And then maybe your secondary status bar, since it's secondary, you want it to be a little less noticeable. Maybe it's gray 20. But then maybe you also have status bars for errors, and maybe you have them for success messages or warning messages. So like, okay, now um, 
and we have to like figure out what do we call these things. So it's a good idea to then define not just primary and secondary as uh, as a naming convention, but error, uh, success, warning, and then sometimes even info or informational, which is kind of a catch-all um, if you needed a, maybe a third option after secondary and primary. So when you have a naming convention like this, you can easily rule this out into different things, right? So you have your primary button, which is... Um, you're going to use your primary color. You'll have a secondary button, which would then use a more muted color, perhaps a gray or something, or even just a different color that is the secondary one in your palette. Uh, then perhaps you have an error button, uh, a success button, a warning button. You can also use that in the banners, like I said. Maybe you're thinking about table rows. So maybe you have a table, and your table's white, but then you have just generic. Uh, the hover state for your table could be, all right, that will be gray 20 because I just want a light gray effect when I hover. But maybe I need to highlight my rows again when I um, am doing this. And maybe I'm going to highlight it in red, so it'll, it'll be error, but it's not going to be that same red as an error bar, like a status bar, because that, that one's going to be really bold, and I really want that to stand out. But on an error in my table, maybe I want a more muted red, maybe like 20% of, of what the, the really bold red is. So instead of introducing a different color name there, you would just use the error naming convention again, right? So we'll use the um, the error version for my table row. We'll just point it at a different variable, though. So we'll have our primary um, error, and then we'll have our secondary error. That way, we're, we're abstracting away any of the fancy naming, or we're also abstracting away any of, if you're going to get into the code side, the hex values. We're not going to worry about hex values because... It's really easy to like mix those up and then one is wrong somewhere. We want to rely on using variables. So we want to name our colors in ways that can be reusable and that make sense. You have a primary color for your app. You have a secondary color for your app. You have error. You have warning. You have success. You have info states. But they could also have their own primary and secondary versions as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Those are a few different examples of components. You could really go through your whole library, and this could apply to you know multiple different things, especially the grays. If you're looking for an end-to-end -end guide, I am working on one, but it is not quite ready yet. So um, in the meantime, one of the ways that I learned this type of a system, and I kind of drilled it into my head, was by learning uh, the Bootstrap CSS framework. So I'm not saying you have to go out and learn CSS to figure this out, but you can use their documentation to see how they've figured out all the naming convention and just copy it because honestly that's what it's there for it's code just copy something that works and bring it into your own your own design system anyhow they've been around geez now i'm not even sure has maybe 10 years they've been around with that library it's i think the biggest project on github still and um they have figured out the best way to name things like there's no sense in you reinventing the wheel just go and do what they're doing take a look wrap your head around how this works logically the website is getbootstrap.com, or just search for Bootstrap CSS in Google. It should pop up right away. You want to get to their actual website and just start reading the documentation on certain components, and um, you'll start to figure out how it works. Check out the buttons page. Check out notification bars. Check out uh, yeah, tables, like I said, is a good one. Um, and, but also look at things like cards, which have lots of different variations of the same thing. Not necessarily with color, though, just different layouts and see how they kind of name those things and how they construct them 
um, to be reusable. Because at the end of the, the day, the what we're trying to do here is make everything reusable and not specific so that it's easily mixed and matched and consistent through our whole design system. With that, I'm going to bring this episode to an end. Hopefully this has been um, a good introduction to um, naming conventions and design systems for you. If you do have any questions about this, feel free to leave a comment or get me on Twitter. I'm at Cardio, which is C-A-R-D-E-O. Until then, I'll be back soon with more design system uh, podcasts. Thank you.